Welcome to the Esri and the Science of War podcast. There's an explosion of building across North America and beyond, yet the high-cost and high-risk construction industry has been one of the slowest to adopt new technology. As government mandates require more sustainable building practices, forward-thinking construction firms are finding digital workflows make their work more efficient and profitable, according to Kathleen Keeley, Esri's Director of Global Business Development for the construction, engineering, and architecture industries. What is one of the number one challenges that a lot of the industry faces? It's the time to, you know, to do the project to get the work done. And the great thing about having digital information is you can make decisions so much faster. Kathleen Keeley tells Esri's John Lenahan how the digital transformation of the construction industry and its use of geospatial innovation is driving sustainability and performance. Welcome, Kathleen, to the Esri and the Science of Wear podcast. Thanks, John. I'm really excited to be here. So Kathleen, with all the housing and infrastructure projects underway globally and with no end in sight for the significant demand, it's hard to see why the construction industry is reluctant to adopt technology. How do you explain it? Yeah, I think there's a number of pressures in the construction industry that really makes them lagging in terms of technology adoption and and really looking at innovation as a, a critical part of their business. A recent report by the Brookfield Institute for Innovation and Entrepreneurship, they they really noted a few reasons that the industry is failing to adopt some of these technologies. And number one really is around safety. You know, safety is a is a huge priority and, and concern in the construction industry. And I think that, you know, that focus has really made them you know, less willing to sort of look at disruptions and things that could impact the safety of their crews and and people who who are out in the field. Also, long project timelines and high costs, you know, make it less attractive to look at technology where, you know, there may be some trial and error and and sometimes the adoption is really seen as, as being unnecessary. When we talk to our customers who work in the construction industry, I mean, the number one challenge that they have is time because, you know, they're so busy, they're working on projects. So we, I think, you know, really need to think about how do we mitigate the risk of uh, implementing new technologies, right? How do we help the industry to be able to adopt these, you know, without major disruptions? To these critical projects that they're they're working on, and I think the the you know the third reason is that you know construction there's a lot of competition you know they can be high value projects but there's really thin profit margins in um, a lot of construction projects and so you know this really makes it challenging there's often a lack of coordination and and it's difficult to share information across the industry and you know i think that as we look at it technology really has the opportunity to help provide competitive differentiation i think we see that you know in construction customers who tend to adopt new ways and think think about innovative approaches. And this can really help them increase efficiency and profits. And quite often, you know, we see that, you know, they don't really want to share that secret sauce when they, they get a sort of first mover advantage with a new idea. They they hang on to that. On a specific project, are there people or or roles that have more influence 
the person with the paper map, whether that's the foreman spread out on the hood of the truck or the head of the crew or the architect, who's really driving these, this reluctance? Absolutely. I think all of those people that you mentioned who are involved in a project can, can help influence this, you know, whether it be project managers, you know, the technologists working on the project, the folks who are out in the field who may be reluctant to change. They may be reluctant to, you know, move away from paper drawings, paper maps, and looking at things in a, in a, in a, in a digital way, right? Digital transformation is, is, is an important and a big focus. So we are seeing an increase in the influence of the virtual design and construction managers. Their role is to bring together all of these digital technologies and workflows across, you know, the design and construction process. And, and we are seeing, you know, a shift in the industry to move to more collaborative platforms that brings together the entire ecosystem around a project, because it's not just one organization that's involved in building a lot of the infrastructure and um, assets around us or, or building our communities, right? It includes you know, government, it includes citizen stakeholders, it includes design firms, all these subcontractors, right? So I think that, um, you know, when we think about the influence for uh, construction and GIS and construction and the importance of technology in construction, it, it's really this ecosystem that comes together that um, plays a role. Kathleen, I'd like to pivot a little bit. With supply chain problems top of mind in every industry, albeit they seem to be um, lessening to a certain degree here recently, has that awakened people's interest in, in the construction AEC industry in terms of tracking supplies, understanding uh, where supplies stand in, in order for them to continue with the build? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is top of mind for construction firms, especially as we have firms who are focusing more and more on the design build delivery model, right? So that's where they really, you know, they own all of the responsibility associated with costs or, you know, logistics and things that happen around um, where supplies and materials may come from. So I would say this is very top of mind. And we know that, you know, spatial context is really critical to understanding this, right? You know, how is the concrete trucks going to come on site and how do you coordinate it and do you have to build new routes do you have to you know um, think about the timing as we know because some of these materials have a shelf life in terms of their ability to be used so so these things are really important but what I think is really interesting beyond just tracking supplies and materials and 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 that is the whole idea that is taking hold in the construction industry and you know is really a global problem or, or a global topic is, you know, how to use sustainable construction methods, right? And so thinking about that circular economy. So, you know, when we build something and we want to change it or, you know, if we're taking down a building, how do we reuse those materials? How do we recycle so that we're not just, you know, building and wasting, right? Throwing things away. And also, where do we source our materials from thinking about sourcing sustainable materials so that you know we're we're setting ourselves up for better use of our global resources and thinking about things like 
climate change and building resilient infrastructure. These are all topics I think that are only going to continue to grow in terms of importance and uh, ultimately requirements. We are seeing governments around the world start to put more regulations on the construction industry around some of these things. So the tracking just isn't about having the materials at the right place at the right time, but also understanding the overall footprint of the build. So is the technology adoption a people problem as much as anything? I I think about my brother, who's a foreman on large-scale energy infrastructure projects. And in his case, and in I think a lot of cases, those you know, workers who are experienced enough to make the decisions didn't necessarily spend their successful professional life using technology. And I don't think as an industry, they can necessarily afford to wait till all of these really capable people retire. So how do you demonstrate immediate returns? How do you move forward? Yeah, I mean, that's a great point, John. And, you know, this is a challenge, right? It definitely is a challenge. Um, you know, technology sometimes is the easy part, but, you know, changing the, the people and the, the workflows can be, can be difficult. You know, we are seeing more of the younger generation coming up and learning about technology. I mean, you know, they, they don't look at 2D pictures or 2D drawings, CAD drawings, they're immersed in, in model-based environments. And, and so I think that, you know, that is continuing to give us the opportunity to transform the vision. However, I would say, though, we do still um, hear from uh, folks in the industry that people coming out of schools, they, quite, they are, often aren't teaching the right level of technology that they need to actually get going on these projects. You know, they may be teaching things, technology from 20 years ago. So I think, you know, to, my, to that point, education is critical and making sure that our educational institutions are keeping current with the trends and the types of technology that industry needs. Is that a role for industry associations, kind of professional associations to help with that education? Yeah, absolutely. I think they should step up to help with that. So it's a significant problem in the industry, right? How do we find the skilled labor to be able to execute on all the infrastructure and development that needs to happen, you know, all around the world? There's just not enough people right now. So I think they have to step up. And I think what we're seeing is, is that in places where, you know, the education, traditional education uh, organizations aren't up to speed, they're not, they're not at that level, you know, these associations and even companies themselves are starting to build their own programs to fill the gap. So I'm going to go out on a limb here and say every spatial problem needs data. How does that come to bear on the projects? Yeah, I mean, so when we think about construction project, I think there is just so much data, especially on, you know, a lot of the larger projects where you have just the quantity and, and the 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 pace of change of the data is significant, right? It, it can often be changing very quickly. Things like imagery, LIDAR data that can give you really detailed information on what's happening on your site or on the ground. Building information modeling, that's a whole other set of, of complex, very rich data that needs to be managed and brought together. Demographic data, all, all these types of things. So I actually had a great opportunity yesterday to visit one of our customers, TCL. So they're a large 
construction company here in North America. And they're doing a significant project. I think it's about a $1.7 billion hospital project, uh, currently the largest in North America. And they're using drones for site design coordination with significant results. So they're able to go out and fly the site and pull in this information to get real-time data for understanding site planning, pulling in other information over top to look at overlays, design overlays. Do we have interferences that we need to address? And so I think one of the challenges that becomes is how do we manage all this data, right? How do we bring this all together in a way that we can view it and collaborate and share this information with our stakeholders? How would they do that in the past? Thousands of sheets of drawings and paper and pens and everybody sitting around and trying to really understand, you know, what is what does this flat design tell me here? And, and now I think it's, um, you know, having that common platform and environment where you can leverage dashboards and, and, and different types of um, uh, tools to be able to disseminate that, that information. And, and the great thing about having digital information is you can make decisions so much faster. It saves so much time. And if we go back to, you know, what is one of the number one challenges that a lot of the industry faces? It's the time to, you know, to do the project to get the work done. And so I think technology is at a point where they can really help resolve some of these these big challenges. Do you have another example you can share that speaks a little bit to the ROI and what you're seeing in terms of savings? Yeah, for sure. So one of the really great projects that's happening and has been ongoing for a while is the uh, HS2 project in the UK, which is one of the largest LRT rail expansions and infrastructure projects in Europe. And one of our customers Balfour Beatty and Vinci, so they have a joint venture over there. So they've also been using drones. So they're really, they're getting the 2D, the 3D output, and they're saving in how they monitor aggregate stockpiles. So they use a drone operator to carry out 3D volumetric measurements in 20 minutes, which before would have taken them a full day to measure and calculate. So are there parts of the world where the use of spatial data for construction is more commonplace? Are there areas of the world that are ahead? Yeah, I mean, I do feel that in in some ways we are lagging in North America compared to some other regions such as Europe where, you know, spatial data has really been considered, uh, I think, more early on as part of the workflow and, you know, a lot of it, this is due to, um, you know, how countries, some countries have government mandates and regulations and, and to the point that you mentioned earlier, John, talking about the industry associations. For example, in the UK, you know, the Centre for Digital Built Britain educates the industry on, you know, how the construction and infrastructure sectors can really use a digital approach to, um, you know, to enhance workflows and to deliver better projects. But what I will say, though, is that I am seeing pockets of customers doing some really amazing things here in North America. And I think that's what's so exciting is that, you know, technology really can play a significant role. And I, I see some of our customers doing that. It's a great time to, to be working in this space. So Kathleen, do you think that might be some of the leverage that is going to help push firms forward and push adoption forward? Is that the kind of leverage that's needed? Yeah, I think so. I mean, absolutely. It, it, it's, you know, it, it makes an impact. 
Now, I will say that some firms, right, the more forward-thinking, innovative firms, they now recognize that it's in their best interest to think about, uh, you know, the BIM process and the BIM approach early on, because ultimately, they're also saving, right? And when we think about those types of projects that are very risky and complicated, that is a huge value to them. So, um, so I think it's a bit of both, but ultimately, I mean, where we've seen these mandates come in, we have seen much faster adoption and, and sort of that, not just around BIM, but around the whole digital transformation. So our editors offered up a, a quote that I, I wanted to say just because I, I love the quote. As California writer Stuart Brand says, once a new technology rolls over you, if you're not part of the steamroller, you're part of the road. It really seems like some of these firms might be at that tipping point. And, and hopefully in the next five to 10 years, we're going to see that transition. That's a great quote. Very, yeah, is uh, it, very appropriate, isn't it? Yeah. Kathleen, I love the examples and I'm sure others did as well. It really makes it easy to relate. Are there any other shining examples that you'd like to share with us? Yeah, I mean, so one of the uh, companies that I, I met with recently is uh, Mortensen. So Mortensen is a great example of an innovative construction company in the U.S., you know, who's really embracing innovative technologies and supporting the transformation of, you know, the process, their internal processes and their people. Um, they're based in Minnesota. I think they're I think they're around uh, in the top 20 of the top builders in the U.S. And, you know, they're really looking to leverage uh, GIS and, and digital processes in their field operation and, and field workflows. For, so they're really um, focusing a lot on, um, you know, big solar projects, renewable projects, and helping to automate the flow of information from the site to the office, like we said before, right, to be able to do those analytics and to help with decision making. And so I always look at them as a, as a great example of how they're really integrating the design and construction processes and connecting their people with the technology. I think that they're one that jumps out at me as, as being a great example. Thank you for your time today. It's been fun. Thanks, John. Thank you for listening to the Esri and the Science of Our podcast. And thanks to Kathleen Keeley for explaining how location technology is helping the construction industry become more sustainable and profitable. If you like this episode, please share it with a colleague.